to the Going Deeper podcast with Shane Dwyer. Chance to break open things that lie at the heart of the Catholic faith. Each month, Shane will be in discussion with a different guest who is seeking to live out their Catholic faith today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to our weekly podcast series on different aspects of living the Catholic Christian faith today. My name's Shane Dwyer and I'm your host throughout the series. And each month I'm joined by a different guest who will bring their thoughts and experience to our discussion. Now this week we're joined by Natasha Merendorf. Natasha is part of the children's ministry team here at Evangelization Brisbane. As always, we will be discussing a little about our favourite passages of scripture as they help us understand this faith that is so central to our lives. The topic we have in mind today is the gift of God in each of us. So Tash, welcome along today. Shane, this is <laughs> lovely. I always listen to the podcast, so it's lovely to be in it. Oh, well, you know, I'm thrilled to bits that you, you could come along. I know you've just come out of a very busy period in terms of your ministry. Yep, yep. We just had the Archdiocesan Summit that I was a coordinator of, which is really good. But uh, for anyone who was there, you knew it was three days, three packed days. And uh, I've been catching up on a lot of sleep since then. So, look, I really appreciate you making yourself available today. Um, and I'm really looking forward to our conversations together. Me too. So um, we're going to start off, Tash, with uh, there's a little quote there from the second letter of Paul to the Corinthians. Are you able to read that out for us? I can do. It's lovely. But we have this treasure in clay jars, so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. So that's just a short quote there, everybody. It's worth looking it up. It's um, it's 2 Corinthians 4, uh, and the full text is 7 to 11. And, uh, and the significance of what Paul is talking about there and the way that God works for us and what have you. Um, Tash, in preparation for this, you know, I, I, I encourage you to sort of think about one or two things you might want to say in response to this. Uh, and I see that uh, one of the things that you started with there is about the fact that there's a beautiful surrender in this. What do you mean by that? Well, I should say that's like my third or fourth version of what I wrote. I, like, I just had one of those really strong reactions when I first read this. I was like clay jars they're just fragile things i'm not a fragile thing like you drop that on the wrong thing and it just shatters and i had just was totally clouded you know sometimes that happens you just read the you focus on the wrong word or part of the scripture and it masks everything else that comes after it and so when i was first yeah i was kind of struggling to to get something out of this scripture and sometimes that just happens for me i read something i'm like come on Lord, speak to me. Um, But I gave it a bit of time and I came back to it. And then I realized I'd just been skimming over the second half of that line of that, this extraordinary power that belongs to God and does not come from us. And and I realized I think what I can do is, um, is I can try really hard. I really do like doing well in things. I can be quite achievement focused. But... um, I put a lot of my energy and a lot of my effort in this. And I think this scripture just says it comes from God anyway. Like the glory goes to him. So don't don't stress about being the best or being a perfectionist or anything like that. Just acknowledge when God is in you and that extraordinary part of you or the extraordinary things you do. Realize it actually just comes from him first. Mm. Mm. 
I think uh, I can see why you would um, struggle with that image. You know, I, I know myself, you know, the various images in scripture that I don't intrinsically uh, or instinctively warm to. Mm. Uh, and you're trying to get your head around what the what the writer was trying to get at. You don't wrestle with them sometimes, right? You really do. My favourite one to wrestle with is the whole idea of being sheep. Yes. I I, I find that offensive. Yes. I've got to say, there are going to be two things. I, I think if, I, if opportunity arises and I have an interview with Jesus, um, there are going to be two things I'm going to say. Now listen, that was all great. Really appreciated it. Just thank thank goodness for you. That's the first thing I'd say. The second thing though would be. This business about hating your father and your mother. Oh, yeah. Could you have found another way of putting that? (laughs) I've come to separate you all. Oh, can we just get along, please? (laughs) So there's that that text. And the other one is the sheep one. Mm -hmm. Now, listen, that some of us are shepherds and some of of us are sheep is um, I get what you're getting at, but, well, I come from New Zealand. And uh, and she... They're dumb and they're smelly. (laughs) Can you just be a smarter animal? I'd be much happier being a smarter animal. (laughs) And yet, as you say, if you focus on, um, I suppose, the literalness or the preoccupations that you you bring yourself mm. to uh, to the text you don't actually see what what's necessarily being said yeah uh, and so you really had to wrestle with this one I did yeah on. in fact I remember when I sent these back to you this was the one I sent last because I just needed more time with it mm-hmm. yeah and it is a little bit of a struggle there I think when I see that cl- the the reference to clay there I think I think of the creation of the human being at the uh, at the you know, in Genesis 3, mm-hmm. uh, and the, is it Genesis 3? It's, uh, it's there in early Genesis. I'll have to look it up after this. I can sometimes, because I, I get favourite passages throughout the book of Genesis there, and I interpose, in, interpose them. But, uh, but that whole idea of uh, God gathering together the dust of the earth, the clay of yes. the earth, and breathing his life into it, mm-hmm. you know, which is, which is there to depict the reality of who we are before God, that, you know, that this God gathers us from the elements of the earth. Nothing almost. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. And breathes his life into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I reckon Paul's probably picking up on this here. Yeah. I was wondering if you would connect, because you're a potter, aren't you? Or I'm going words? to be, Tash. I am, I'm <laughs> heading in that direction. Because I've never done it, you know. All I know of pottery is what I've seen of like Facebook videos of Ghost the movie or something like that. But just I can imagine like just getting it under your fingernails and stuff, like crafting it with your own hands. Um, the frustration when it just collapses and breaks or doesn't come out as you want. But um, you kind of can't make something like that just objectively, I guess. You put something of yourself in every time. And yeah, going back to Genesis, God pours himself he pours his breath into us and that we just can't get rid of that we can't breathe that breath of life out of us Um, and that's where this extraordinary power that paul is talking about comes from in each of us yeah and the beauty of that and also that uh the the image of the potter there which of course references jeremiah he he talks you know the story and 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 take a look at the potter and uh and see what he does uh and uh and in that in that reflection of jeremiah's is the uh, is the awareness that that God is the potter and uh, and there are some things that do work out and there are some things that don't and what does the potter do and and reform the pot yeah. and what have you? Mm-hmm. Um, 
being reformed isn't uh, reformed by God like that. Um, isn't always easy. Well, they do call it the refiner's fire, like just that imagery of, oh, this is going to hurt a little bit sometimes. Um, mm. Yeah, and I've felt that at times where you're like, oh, God is is reshaping me right now and he's chiseling away the parts of me that are not of him. And um, and what makes it harder is when you just don't want to let go of it or you just want to cling to your plans, your hopes, like what I want to do or... Um, oh, I want the credit, I want to um, be acknowledged, I want to be seen in this. But when you let that stuff go, mm. and it does take a lot of self-awareness to really s- recognise that in yourself as well, to go, actually, this is not of God, and I have to let it go. And I just have to be that, that potter's clay. I have to let myself be just reshaped, at times broken down. <laughs> but um, But anything that... God does with this. It almost sounds vicious. It almost sounds like a hurtful. But God does it with such great love. And I think, yeah, when it hurts most is when we resist it, when we pull back, draw back from it. But when we surrender into God's plan and God's hope for what we would look like uh, and our lives would look like, oh, the fruits of that are so worth it. Mm. One of the uh, the things that I'm listening to um, at the moment, you referenced, you know, the fact that you listen to these podcasts. I have to be honest and say I've never listened to these, mainly because I cannot stand the thought of listening I to my own voice. I am going to listen to these like this, <laughs> I have to be honest. It's but, like listening to your voice and the voicemail. Oh, uh, no, I can't, like. I can't do it. So uh, David, of course, listens to them and I get a couple of other people to make sure everything's all right. But um, the things I do listen to, I'm, I'm listening at the moment to somebody who's talking about St. John of the Cross. And, uh, and as you know, he's one of the great mystics from the Catholic spiritual uh, tradition. And he's, um, and he's dealing with this very point. Um, the way that it is that God is reforming us in Christ and, uh, and bringing about the image of his son in mm. each one of us, mm-hmm. which is really what um, salvation and redemption are. Yeah. You know, we, 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 can't, uh, we can't come into the presence of God on our own merits. Uh, it's the degree to which... Uh, Jesus has been able to be reformed in us yeah. in our own unique way. We mm-hmm. don't lose our uniqueness, but um, but God recognizes Christ in us. And uh, and so John's talking about that, and he said, look, um, God's intention is for all of us that that can happen quite quickly um, because that's God's desire and God's love. What takes the time, and for many of us, we don't even get around to it in this lifetime, um, is our resistance. Yeah. You know, and, the, and it's... Uh, and God and his love and his gentleness will let us resist. Yeah. It's almost like um, I've, I've got two little girls. Um, Lisa's eight and Ellie's six. And I've learned so much more about God through parenting them than I have at any other point. And just times that you're like, it's, it's so not even on the part of, of God reshaping and refining us but sometimes my my eldest daughter she picks the wackiest outfits like she just comes out like a oh child what are we we've got like knitted tights and a beanie with like a oversized jumper but sparkly shoes (laughs) and you've somehow thrown something from your school uniform in there as well and you want to go out to the shops and part of me just wants to go nope no 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 (laughs) strip it all back like just but that's what she wants to wear. That's what she, I'm like, go for it, child. <laughs> just go out. And it's it's not on par, but part of me just has to go, I just got to let her make her choices. She feels fabulous. She looks a bit like a hot mess, but she feels fabulous. And what do I want to build up in her? And 
and little parts like that where you just got to go, it's not what I would choose for you, but I am, I am very, very close for you. So when this starts to go wrong and when you um, start to feel maybe I shouldn't have picked the example of a wardrobe because then she's like, when you start to feel self-conscious, I don't want to build on that. But mm. but as a parent, you're just always, you, you're just a couple of steps behind your kids when they get older and you're like, you've got to go, but I am so close to you that as soon as you need me, I'm stepping in. And at no point am I losing sight of you or where you're at or what you need at this time. I, uh, I'm ready to love on you as soon as you let me but i'm ready to step back when you need to grow in your independence as well mm. and i think i mean that's a beautiful image of, of the way that god works with each of us mm. you know this um desire god has for us to actually be who we are uh to be available to us uh if we call out to him yeah. but not to impose himself on us and and that's that's the tricky thing i often think you know say the difference between um say using old testament old testament imagery and what have you the difference between being a slave and being a child of god if, if god wanted slaves mm -hmm. then then all god needed would need to do His is life would be a lot easier right yeah. like <laughs> mm -hmm. and we would have no choice and yeah. uh, and god would be worshipped and uh, and and everything would be the way that it should be and what have you and uh, and yet god doesn't want slaves god wants sons and daughters yeah. which means respecting our freedom and it's in respecting our freedom that well let's face it sometimes we just wander off uh, and we do things that are ultimately not helpful to us mm -hmm. uh, and not helpful to people uh, around us uh, and also not helpful to the coming of the kingdom of God. Uh, and yet to sort of think, well, God can take all that into account. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Absolutely. And when we come back to him with that surrender, ready to, to give back what has been given, off to, given to us, that's a real gift. And that's an authentic and it's like a sacred gift then. It's mm. us willingly inviting God into our lives and going, I know you have given me the choices, but tell me and teach me and lead me and guide me because I know you know what's best for me. Mm, I think we need to return to that point in a second. <laughs> but before we um, before we do that, listeners, I just want you to, um, to give some thought to the sort of thing that Tash and I are talking about here. You know, you may be able to locate in your own life those situations where you know that things have sort of gone astray a bit. Uh, we've all been there, haven't mm. we, Tash? Oh, you know? absolutely. And, uh, and, and, you know, here we are with these clay jars that have been formed by God. And sometimes we resist. Sometimes they end up with a crack in them. You know, uh, sometimes things feel like they're just falling apart. And, uh, and what does it mean for us to return to this loving God, this mm -hmm. potter that uh, Jeremiah talks about, and, uh, and allow God to begin the process of reforming us again. Yeah. Because you know, there's always hope, isn't there, Tash? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. There's this old story I, I heard. I, I don't know where it comes from, but it's this old kind of fable of um, a girl who would carry two water jars, two clay water jars, down to the water every day to collect water and bring them back. And one of them was great, it was new, it was shiny, and the other one was cracked and it was getting old and it was leaking. And every day she would walk down to the water and this broken clay jar would just feel so dis like despondent. We're like, why do you still use me? Why? I'm no good. I'm leaking. This other nice jar brings back a full and I'm like almost empty by the time you return me. Why don't you get rid of me? And the girl goes to a, a longer path. I've 
cast these seeds and look and see what you have helped grow. And as they go back down the river, he sees along his side when he comes back is all this wild flowers, beautiful flowers. And it's like, I see your brokenness, but it was not broken. Mm-hmm. And I, there's so many times where I felt God just go like, I'm like, I'm beyond repair. Surely God, like I'm just gone. And he has no, this, this will be used. There is fruit in this as well. And absolutely. I think of times in my life where they're the, but the darkest bits are the bits of most shame. God has reformed them in me. God has brought them new life. And now they're tools and the resources that I can use, they're stories that I can share um, that help me not go there again as well and not make those same choices. But I've, I've been a gift to others as well and I've been help, especially in ministry areas where you go, let me tell you my story and, and let's learn these lessons together. Mm. It reminds me there's this wonderful... Um, Japanese pottery practice uh, and look my I, I'm just fishing around in my mind for what it's called oh, I can think of it but I can't think of the name either is no, it kabuki or something, something like something that like yeah. yeah and uh, and we can look it up afterwards but the uh, but the practice of course is is taking the, the broken shards of a pot yeah. and bringing them back together and highlighting uh, where they broke and, and often highlighting it in gold mm-hmm. uh, and so you have this beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing that, that's actually put together from the brokenness yeah. uh, and it, in fact it looked even more spectacular uh, than it did when it was entire and uh, and I think if that's not a, an image for the way that God works with us oh my goodness yeah it's and it's how he returned as well he didn't come back unscarred he came back with these scars but um i forget how the scripture describes them but they were full of light or they were yeah Mm -hmm. it was he didn't erase the past he he brought life he brought new light to it yeah and i think that's you know that's the essence of the hope sometimes we, we can sort of feel like um our brokenness alienates us from god and and it it can if we let it. Mm-hmm. That is to say, if we despair uh, and say, listen, uh, I'm not good enough. God isn't strong enough. Uh, this is not. Uh, this is never going to work. Uh, I'm going to throw in the towel. And many of us, we, we may not de- um, consciously use those words, but we, we actually do that in our behavior. We just abandon yeah. uh, the faith that w- once we held so close. Absolutely. And it's kind of easier to step away than on our terms and be like, Instead of again, you need that self awareness to go. Oh, I've got I've got real shame around this thing, and I could either choose to bring it to God and to bring it into the light and work on it, or I can keep it hidden and I can chuck it in the back room with along <laughs> with all the other of my emotional mess, and uh, and I can just pick other points and holes and I can chip away at that and go you know what I give up on the whole thing I give up on the church because of this this and this um but really it's it's just we just didn't want to bring light to this this really dark part in our hearts and Mm. what could have happened if we'd have chosen that as well Mm. and sometimes I think it's because we 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 don't know where to start Mm. uh and and I often say to people in that situation because they can get a bit overwhelmed you know, where do I start? Do I need to talk to somebody? Should I go to the sacrament of reconciliation? Uh, how do I even do that? You know, um, yeah. you know, it's been such a long time. Um, you know, is the priest going to yell at me? You know, all those sorts gonna of things. Judge me. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that sort of stuff. And and um, look, we've probably all been there in one way or another. And I, I just remember um, relatively recently Pope Francis talking about that and saying, "Listen, we've got to stop." 
thinking about the sacrament of Re reconciliation as a torture chamber. Uh, it's not, um, and also by implication, he was saying to priests, um, make sure you don't you don't allow it to become yeah. that either. Yeah. It's, this is where people are coming to experience the mercy of God, and make sure that's what they experience. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, though, look, while we're trying to get the spiritual energy to do something like that, we just start where we are. That is to say, we come before God and we say, God, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know where to start. Uh, just show me and, and give me the eyes to see how you're leading me here. Yeah. You know, and that's, that, that's the point of humility, really, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's going, I don't know, but you do, and I'll listen to you. And there's always that part of our ego that goes, I don't need anyone's help. I can do this myself. But like he's the creator of the universe he's got a good idea like if there's anyone you can be listening to it's absolutely god mm. and i and i actually personally think it's that turning to god in that in that quiet prayer mm. saying um look i'm struggling here uh i need i need your help that's 90 percent of the task yeah you know uh, god gets in there just cracking open that door just a wee bit, like yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Getting, in fact, getting through the cracks in the clay jars. Uh, yes. So Stick on analogy, yes. <laughs> and uh, and uh, and really um, doing what it is that God wants us wants to do in us. Um, I'm reminded there's a beautiful image. I think it comes from Therese of Lisieux. I, I get a bit vague. I've, I read so many of these different saints and things like that at different times, and I I can get them confused. But I'm sure it was Therese who talked about. Um, these struggles that we have and the wounds that they inflict on us, to see them like the wound that happens to a little child when they when they fall over and scrape their knee or hurt their hand or something, and uh, and that's uh, what does a child instinctively do? Uh, it goes to the loving adult, you know, the parent, the teacher, whoever's around, to get it attended to, mm -hmm. and they know instinctively that it will be. Uh, no one's going to yell at them. No one's going to give them yeah. a kick and say, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. It's just, oh, you poor thing. You know, what can we do to make this better? Mm -hmm. uh, and she says, that's how God is uh, with us, with the things that we struggle with. Yeah, I think I think if we go and we, we have this fear or nervousness or anxiety about going to God with our brokenness, you know what I think? Like, how are you viewing God in that? Are you thinking of... You're thinking he'll respond like you would respond, like this human with judgment or with anger. Like God is a God of mercy. And before anything else, he has this great, great love for each one of us. So that's how he's going to respond, with mercy and with love. Um, I think that's, yeah, like you say, like that comfort. Often those little cuts and those little bruises that little kids come with, they're nothing. And they just needed the little... There you go, you're all better now. And they're off running again. And we think we've got this catastrophic injury. It's, you know, take off the limb. But God, we go to God of mercy. And we can just fold into his comfort at times. And that takes a great surrender as well to like, oh, let yourself be comforted by God. Mm -hmm. And look, for anybody who's not even quite sure how to start with that, then uh, that's where, you know, like you just sit down for five minutes in a quiet place with God, and and, and just say that God, I, I don't even know where to start. Yeah, you know, and uh, and then just tell God what's on your mind, yeah. you know, or on your heart, you know, and uh, and trust God in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
Well, Tash, look, we've we've covered a fair bit of ground in, in our time. Today. Good stuff. <laughs> and uh, and I'm very aware, you know, there are so many other things that we could have talked about, mm-hmm. but um, we've touched on some pretty important things so far. Eh? Uh, and it's all uh, and it was the catalyst was uh, your initial response to being a clay jar. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I should have just written to you. I don't like this one. <laughs> Send me another. <laughs> And uh, and yet, as we unpacked it, all sorts of things came out, and and uh, and w- and what we're doing here, I suppose, is um, something that anyone who's listening to this can do: is you know, sit down with a passage of scripture, mm. and uh, and it can be as short as you like, and say, okay, what strikes me about this? What what aggravates me about it? Yeah. What questions arise for me? And talk to God about those. Yeah. yeah and that's a beautiful form of prayer. Yeah. Absolutely. I love sometimes just listening to my gut reaction in prayer. I'm not trying to break it down logically or what do I think God would be saying? Be like, oh, I'm reacting to something. Let's let's think a little bit more about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that's great. And I, I'm really thrilled that you were able to model that for us today. Hey. <laughs> I appreciate that. So everybody, look, we're going to, we'll, we'll press pause here for on this particular podcast. Uh, you know the story. If you want to get in touch and you've got any questions and what, or what have you, or even just your own observations you'd like to share, uh, email us at formation at bne.catholic.net.au. Uh, whatever you send through will be treated with confidence. Um, or confidentiality and uh, and so you don't have to worry about that and uh, it'll be lovely to hear from you and we'll pick up again uh, next week God bless everyone